Blog Talk Radio. You are now tuned into Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your host, Jay and Trey. Huh. It's the offseason. NFL is done with until the draft anyway, and it's time for Oscars season. It is time for the preview of the 2020 Oscars, the 92nd Academy Awards. You are listening live to Kings of Non Sequitur, the offseason version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with you live on a Saturday night, February the 8th, 2020. I'm Dre, he's Jay, and Ooh, boy, Jay, that long break that we had, all those days off that we had since our last show. Let me check my notes uh, three nights ago. And now it's time to preview the Oscars uh, featuring movies that, once again, neither one of us have ever seen. I'm feeling rusty. And I'm feeling, this, you know, from doing the show, because that, that, that long break that we usually take after the Super Bowl this year was just, man, it was almost unbearable. <sighs> Hell yeah. So I'm I'm feeling more rusty though about these Oscar movies because normally my time before the show on Oscar night is to sit down and do a little research and watch all the trailers and do kind of like a little bit more of a deep dive and educate myself on the movies. But while I was at work today, it was brought to my attention that I had uh, to go out to dinner with the family tonight because we were all supposed to go out to dinner tomorrow night, but because we are now under a winter storm warning. Mm. Or tomorrow, it was uh, decided that instead of going tomorrow night, we were going to all go out as a family tonight. So I wasn't even sure I was going to make it onto the show on time. But I'm here. So we got home in time. Uh, but my, my Oscar research, minimal as it usually is, is exceptionally minimal this year. Well, that's good. Uh, it will be minimal along with me. I did get to see the, the trailers just now. I forced it all in the last couple of hours, yeah. but I did, get to, uh, I did get to see them all. Uh, yeah, I it was looking. The, oh, as I say, I do have the benefit that I do follow along with movie news a lot throughout the year. You know, movie websites and read reviews and uh, snippets of movies that I see on YouTube. So I, I am aware of uh, just about every movie in the field. Um, little surprised, but you know, when I actually saw the nominees, I was like, oh, okay, sure. You, you can just start checking off the list what won't win. Um, right. And you know, and it's like okay, once you kind of once you kind of move through the ones that you're just kind of sure of that won't win, you kind of weed it down and then uh, go from there. Well, it was looking really hairy for a second there. It was about two minutes to go before the show started, and I was the o- the only one in the room here. I was waiting for you. I was waiting for uh, our guest, and you you came in right before a bit up with about a minute to go, and now on the line as well is. Dave, the movie expert. Everybody is here. The whole gang is here. Dave, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Dave, <laughs> Dave you're, you're you? sounding very, very hoarse. Uh, I don't know what's going on with your voice. Dave, if you uh, if you can hear me, we can't hear you. I, uh, I don't know if your mic's on mute or if it's just another one of those connection issues, but uh, can't hear anything at all out of Dave, unfortunately. 
Uh, and, and I'm not surprised. It's, you know, anytime uh, a, a guest comes in after the show starts or really close to the show starting, it's always an issue with Blog Talk Radio. I don't know why. So, uh, well, I think they, part of hear... the problem is that we were too complimentary of them about a month ago. And ever since then, it's just been absolute garbage. It's been very, very hit or miss ever since we talked about how clean it had been all season. Yeah, that that is true. Uh, Dave, if you can hear us, you're going to have to get off the computer and call in on the phone because uh, I can already tell it's going to be one of those situations where no matter how many times you try on the computer, it's not going to it's not going to work. Uh, so that's too bad about that. And, and you know, I, I remember from years past, he kind of doesn't do the, uh, the the computer thing or doesn't like well, we it. I think he prefers always, the phone anyway. Yeah, we almost always end up on the phone. I think after all is said and done anyways. Can you hear me? Hey. Uh, we can hear you now. Hey. There, there you go. go. <laughs> I had to can you hear me that. now? I oh. can. Ah. Oh, that works yeah. out. All right. Dave, how are you doing tonight? I, I know we, uh, uh, it's, it was a surprise to me uh, to see how soon it was coming up, uh, the Oscar ceremony. I didn't find out myself until Wednesday, and I let Jason know, and he was like, what? And I let you know, and yeah. you're like, what? What? Yeah. Pretty much all three of us, what? I don't know why yeah. they – this is the earliest by a mile that they've had the uh, the Academy Awards. It's usually at least a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl. I, I definitely was right. in, it was in March a few years ago. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And now here we go, uh, February the 9th tomorrow. It's, it's going to be the, uh, the, the Academy Awards. I, uh, have, did you hear anything about why it was moved so early? Because I, I didn't uh, I didn't hear anything I, about that. I haven't. I haven't yeah. heard anything about why they moved it. I would mean, I don't know. What, and I don't even know who's hosting. I'm so behind here. I, I don't believe, <laughs> I think this is no host. I, I believe this is the no host strategy again. No, I don't. Yep. I don't that. believe there is a host for the Oscars. The old no bake pie. This is uh, there's no host for the Oscars this year. They're just gonna have people go up on stage and grab their trophy That's and right. run away. I guess. If we don't, if we don't, if we don't announce a host, then we can't dig up their old tweets. Right. There you right. go. That's a good strategy. <laughs> we we can't figure out who's uh, had some uh, horrible racist, sexist tweets in their past if we don't have anybody come on and, and do the show. <laughs> they, could, they could also solve that by actually having hosts who, you know, don't have horrible racist or sexist past, but apparently that would eliminate everybody in Hollywood. So. Right, right. <laughs> We're just going to go with no hosts. Uh, so how many of the uh, nine nominated movies did you get a chance to, to see in this limited time? Um, this limited time, it's funny. Uh, I watched all nine, and Whoa. I watched... It. I watched eight of them in the last week alone. So <laughs> the only one I Please. saw in theaters was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know what? That's why you're the movie expert. That's that why exactly you're the man. Right. <laughs> and that's why we have you on every year and you're very gracious with your time and you come on every year to, to discuss the Academy Awards. So, but once again, by a mile, you are way more qualified than either one of us. Uh, to have any kind of opinion on, on any of these movies. So um, I guess I'll uh, just open it up freestyle to you. Uh, what's your impressions of these nine nominated movies? Do you think there's a, a, a slam dunk winner? Or do you think it's going to be a close race? Now I'm looking at the list right now. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. 
I thought the two popes was nominated for best picture, but it's not. Um, who? I'm inclined to say a fun, a f more fun movie than a serious movie, and all of these are pretty serious. So I'm inclined to say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Uh, Once Upon a Time or Ford v Ferrari. They're all hmm. pretty. Um, they're all pretty serious in nature, except those two. So I would like to see those two win it, and and preferably Quentin's film. So everyone knows yeah. that story about the Tates and uh, Manson. Oh yeah, and if Hollywood loves to congratulate anybody, it's itself. Right. <laughs> right. So once upon a time, how we've got Hollywood are. in the name. Yeah, so it's basically what the Oscars are is a celebration of itself, and why, how better to celebrate itself than a movie about itself? Right. And the yeah, heyday. I've, of... mm -hmm. I've, uh, I've got the um, critic score and fan score for each movie uh, to sort of break into the metrics a little bit uh, to make it like our, our football podcast. Um, because I was interested in what the uh, the actual score did. They should be all very high scores, you would think, for both critic and fan being Oscar-nominated nope. movies. Not this year. Uh, most of them are very high. One of them uh, was shocking in how low it was for a critic score, and one of them was surprising how low it was for a fan score. Uh, and we'll uh, cover that as we go along with, with, with each film. Mm -hmm. um, so your So your kind of favorite or your pick would be once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so we can start there. Um, first of all, I just could not believe how a, a, a Quentin Tarantino movie always looks like a Quentin Tarantino movie. It, uh, being a, a movie expert, you can maybe answer this for me. David. Why does his movies look so different than everybody else's? I guess, as soon as the thing started, I was like, oh, that, that's, that must be it. I didn't know anything about it. I, I hadn't been keeping up with the movies this year. And as soon as the trailer started, I was like, yeah, that's a Tarantino movie right there. Yeah, he's a huge film fanboy. You know, all of his mm -hmm. movies have emulated some genre of film that he's been infatuated in, you know, like uh, Kill Bill. Uh, he loves samurai films. He loves uh, 50s, 60s Hollywood. Um, so it totally made sense for him to do something like this. Um and he tends to incorporate those little instances of history in his films. Also, uh, the style of filming he does. Uh, I think Hateful Eight was filmed. I forgot what kind of film that was on, if it was 16 millimeter film. But uh, there was a certain film he used to film that entire movie. And he wanted it projected in a theater with that film instead of digitally. So there was one theater in L.A. I don't know where it is, but but yeah, he's just a huge film fanboy. He's been in love with films since a kid, since he was a kid. So that's why you you know he pays so so much homage to previous films. If you there's a a video that went viral a few years ago about Kill Bill, and it's like every five minutes of Kill Bill, there's a scene taken from you know like. Shaolin Temple films and um, other Kung Fu films. 
David Carradine, for Pete's sake, showing up. He was actually in a Kung Fu film. I forgot which one it was, but. Oh, he was in Kung Fu, the TV right. show. Right, he was in the TV <laughs> show Kung Fu. Right. Close enough. Yeah, yeah. We we got that one. Well, um, I will yeah, tell he's... you, Andre. I'm looking at the odds right now. I'm looking at the Oscar odds. Yep. Um, you know, because you know, Dave said that uh, he had two movies that he wants to see win. Uh, Once upon a Hi- time in Hollywood is the third uh, best odds. So if you go, I'm going to go by the lowest bet here. Uh, the lowest bet on the board is a plus 700 for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, so if you want to go throw some money down on that, that's third on the board at plus 700. However, what I would recommend you do is go and throw your life savings on Ford B. Ferrari <laughs> at plus 12,500. <laughs> it nice. is the lowest odds it's after Little Women and Marriage Story, and when I actually looked at the Oscar board, and I saw that the the nine movies, the first three movies that I said won't win were Ford versus Ferrari, Little Women, or Marriage Story. So I'm very, <laughs> I, I feel like even though I haven't seen these movies, that I am in tune with Vegas on this one. Um, all of those are going to pay you at least plus ten thousand. So. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see Ford versus Ferrari nominated. Again, yeah, I haven't really been keeping up with the movies, played. but... It was not a highly rated movie, which is weird. But Dave, the movie no, but... expert, really liked it. So, Dave, defend yourself. Well, I loved it. I knew that story before seeing the film, and I loved the film. Okay. Um, as I've heard the retelling of people who were there, I've heard the retelling on uh, Top Gear UK. They love that story about how Ferrari had dicked over Ford Motor Company and um, they wanted to get their revenge by taking them in the races. And it took them a couple of years to do it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just a great underdog story, you know. Which tells me what I know, because when I saw the movie was called Ford versus Ferrari, I thought the two guys in the movie were Ford and Ferrari. Well, Enzo Ferrari, but then uh, Henry, uh, not Henry, uh, what's his name? Ford's son. Is it Henry Ford? Whoever it might be. Yeah, so. It wasn't Gerald. No, it wasn't Gerald. We, we know that. <laughs> they they mentioned Henry in the, in the trailer. Yeah. They mentioned Henry Ford in the trailer, but yeah, I think it was his, his son. Um, yeah. His, but yeah, yeah, it was. It, that that one Ford versus Ferrari looked to be from the trailer a very well acted depiction of how Ford beat the odds to to make a car to beat Ferrari uh, in a race in 1966. It, it it had to be a decent movie because it made me almost care about car racing. And if there's almost. something I almost <laughs> yeah, if there's something I don't care a damn thing about in life, yeah. it's pretty much car racing. That's the but, uh, one sport you're not interested in. <laughs> Not in the least. <laughs> Let's sit for yeah. three hours and watch cars go around in a circle. No. And, and, and the story is about the Le Mans race in France where it's a 24-hour driving oh endurance God. trek. So, um, but uh, Just I'm not a huge car fan. Either. Head. Yeah. <laughs> Good grief. It's really, yeah, it's really a test of endurance of the vehicle and its drivers, which they swap out like three or four drivers. Oh, well, um, no, that's, that's, uh, 
it actually uh, almost made me want to, uh, to to watch the movie and, and give a damn about car racing. That one appears to be among the higher rated when you combine critic and fan. Ford versus Ferrari surprisingly got 92 uh, out of uh, 100 on the critic score and 98 out of 100 on the fan score. So that one wow. was pretty much well liked by everybody, which was very surprising. Um, your other pick, Dave, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, got 85 on the critic score, which is not that bad. But somewhat surprisingly, this was the lowest of the fan scores of all the movies. It only got a 70 on the fan score. And I, I did hear rotten, some... Is this Rotten Tomatoes here? Yes. Using? Okay. And, and I did uh, hear some either... things about... Yeah. About how the movie wasn't very, uh, very popular. Uh, the uh, to Jason's point, a lot of uh, sort of self-filating, and you know, the, it's Hollywood, and Hollywood loves to talk about itself. Uh, but even still, it's a Tarantino movie, so you would think it would be higher rated than that. But uh, I guess not. They they can't all be winners, I suppose. Have either of you guys seen any of these? No, no. Okay, so once upon a time. That's that's why um, you're the movie expert, Dave. I know, I know, but uh, <laughs> it's worth mentioning. Once upon a time, takes historic facts and kind of kind of twists it a little bit at the end there with Tate and um, Manson and Roland Polanski. Roman Polanski. Um, so a lot of people didn't like it because it wasn't historically accurate. Okay. Tarantino basically said, well, what if they went into the wrong house and then instead of killing Sharon Tate, Roman's wife, you know, they ran into somebody else. And that's what Clinton does in this film. And I was taken aback by it myself. I thought I knew where this was going to go. Um, and so some people didn't like that. They, But <laughs> um, it was refreshing not to have seen Sharon murdered. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, what if we right, do a movie right. where Sharon Tate doesn't get murdered? Right. Uh, so basically, it's uh, a film built around a random actor turning into a has-been while sort of running into Charlie Manson and, and his army and, and right. getting intertwined with all of that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, th- that yeah. just takes a, a sort of a warped mind to even come up with the concept, uh, much less deciding how to pull it off. So I, 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 I admire Tarantino just for doing that. But I guess I'm a I'm a Tarantino stand, sort of like, uh, and, and I'm I'm I stand for Andy Reid, uh, who won the Super Bowl last weekend, and I, I feel the same about Tarantino, just one of the the all time greats at, at what he does. So I'm going to always sort of. Uh, defer to him and his vision uh, without having seen the movie. Uh, but yeah, I was uh, again, surprised at how low the, uh, the, the, the fan score was for that movie. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. Cause I mean, it does drag. There is easily 40 minutes you could cut there. <laughs> oh, that sounds like uh, a like, best like, picture. <laughs> again, it's a Tarantino movie. Of course, yeah. there's 40 yes, minutes. It's a Tarantino, yes, exactly. exactly. You, know, you know, it's funny because we're, we're 19 minutes into the show, and Dave hasn't complained about the complete lack of racism in the movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not nearly enough racism. Not nearly enough racism. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 
a surprise because again, people who have not listened to our Oscar show before, this is a bit of a running gag. Yeah. There was a movie. I forget what was it last year that you said that. Yeah. Was it, was it Green Book needed more racism? Oh. Needed more racism. <laughs> needed, needs more racism. That looks great on the poster. <laughs> And again, it's surprising that there's not nearly enough racism because, again, it's a Tarantino movie. Usually there's plenty of racism in a yeah. Tarantino movie. Yeah. I guess he was going down a different path. So I guess that's good for him. Uh, yeah, Ford Forces Ferrari's uh, ratings were 92 on the critic score and 98 on the fan yeah. score. I, actually, I just said that. That's good. That's good. That's, I must that's have read the good. one bad review for that movie. <laughs> Um, so that, uh, appears to be, uh, you, you were talking about the, uh, the odds, uh, Jason, uh, uh, what are the favorites, uh, according to, to what you've been seeing? Um, the number, the top two, uh, the only one with a minus right now is 1917, or as my son calls it, 1917. <laughs> That's what you That's call That's not factually incorrect. That's what you call the Correct. movie when you're five. When you're five years old. Yeah, because yeah, he asked, Daddy, can we go see 1917? No, <laughs> one nine no, one son. Seven. I don't think we can go see that. He's not wrong. Uh, it's, that's, that's, that's what the it highest, says. That's the highest. That is minus 175. So that is the odds-on favorite right now. Parasite uh, would be number two at plus 250. Then you have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then uh, Joker at plus 1,000, and then it starts really – then the numbers really start skyrocketing. Okay. So 1917, Dave, uh, the uh, the odds-on favorite, it would appear, this year. Uh, 89 on the critic score, 88 on the fan score. Uh, another War is Hell movie. Uh, the, the trailer put the main character in, in a torturous – uh, spot trying to save his brother's unit from uh, entering a, a surely fatal attack. Uh, uh, anything really special about this movie? Do you uh, imagine it's going to to win, or is it just kind of another war um, movie? I could see it winning. Uh, I was most impressed by two things. That was they filmed the movie in such a way that it does not look like they cut anywhere. One continuous shot. That's what it. So, so real time almost. It's going to give yes. you this real time. So this is an hour and a half or two hours out of the lives of these guys is what they're trying to give you. Right, and okay. they don't cut away at all. I mean, they did. They they did obviously do cuts. Like there was explosions and the whole lens is filled with dust. So of course they could cut there. Um, sure. But um, so the two things I loved about it was yeah, one continuous uncut scene, and then two. Um, their the fate of these two characters from beginning to end is just extremely fortuitous in their decision making from the very get go. So uh, one guy decides I'm going to take you with me, and I don't want to give too much away, but um, the oh, little decisions ahead. they make. I'll give you one example. The guy guy gets dust in his face, and this isn't giving anything away. He gets dust in his face, and he picks up his canteen and he throws water in his eyes, dumps all the water out of the canteen into his face. Now he has no water. <laughs> They're continuing on their trek to the front line and um, they come across a farmer, a, a farm with a bucket of milk. So he fills his canteen with milk. 
an hour hour 20 later in the film he actually runs into a woman who had saved a child i mean an infant this was like uh maybe 18 month old or younger and she said i have no food do you have any milk or where can i get milk and there he had it in the canteen so it was little things like that that really stuck out to me um okay and it happened maybe a dozen times in the film at least a dozen times where the decision they make is going to impact somebody else's lives or something for the betterment of the mission. Wow. Or it's, a lot of, it's a lot of moments like that in two hours. Yes, yes. And um, Sam Mendez credits another Mendez. I don't know if he's a relative for telling him stories about World War One. so I don't know if this is based on a true story. But, um, oh, Something else I was impressed by, the sets on that film. The sets were massive. Like, you felt like you were in No Man's Land. You watch Wonder Woman on No Man's Land, and you could tell that a lot of it is CGI. You could not tell if this was CGI. There was, like, sandbags they were walking through, putting their hands on, leaning against, men leaning. And there were just thousands and thousands of sandbags. So I couldn't help but think, oh, my God, the sets must be enormous. These sets that these guys set up. Um, a pile of dirt, a broken bridge. It was very much like um, Saving Private Ryan when I get to that. That bridge. was the vibe from the trailers that I had seen for this movie that I got. Was it had even the the mission had a mm-hmm. very Saving Private Ryan vibe to it? Yeah, definitely. Sending two yep, guys no. to intervene. Yeah, like you got to go. Mm-hmm. Like in Saving Private Ryan, it's like you have to go get this guy out of harm's way because all of his brothers are dead. And this one, right. it's like you have to go and get this horrible message to the front line, or everybody's dead. Right, right. including your brother. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely when I saw the trailer got a Saving Private Ryan uh, vibe to the movie. But no, the 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 technical aspect of the movie that Dave brought up uh, was the one that I was the most aware of with the the look that the movie was filmed in all one continuous shot. Um, and I could see if this doesn't win best picture, this gets lined up, I think for some technical stuff. Oh, um, definitely. You know, editing, ironically, cinematography, oh my cinematography, God. but even <laughs> editing, because if you can edit a movie in a way to make it think there's no editing, mm-hmm. you deserve an editing award. Totally. You would so, there is some, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny that like, oh, there was no editing. It was just, no, 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 no. There was editing, but you had to make the people think that it was just one flowing movie that's two hours long. And uh, everything that I've seen or read about this movie said that they completely achieved it. And you can tell when there are moments I've heard where they had obvious chances and Dave brought up like with an explosion or something along those lines where there's clearly, or there, there, they fade like into a dark area and maybe the screen goes to black and then they are immediately behind it again. So there was mm-hmm. obvious opportunities to cut, but it's very seamless. Yeah. Very seamless. That's that's good and very interesting to to hear uh, those aspects of it. Certainly on the trailer, the uh, the one scene where they're standing around and here comes a plane out of nowhere about to just yeah. roll down, and it's like holy, <laughs> things coming right at you. And this is something else I love about this film is the the war had just ended. Germany is on the run, and these guys do encounter a couple Germans and their first instinct is not to kill them. I loved that. I just freaking love that. So the scene with the plane crashing is actually a German pilot shot down uh, by the Royal Air Force. So he gets shot down. 
right away, these two, who are British soldiers themselves, run to the plane to get him out. So they're saving the enemy. And it's their first instinct to do that. And that's what I, that's just something I just loved about it is they showed the humanity, you know, with soldiers and their enemies. And it doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. Show you where my mind goes for, for movies and with the the style of movie that I usually watch. You you started in with the story about the milk in the canteen and you said an hour or so later, and my mind immediately thinks back to Anchorman and what happened an hour or so later? He had to use the milk in, in all the heat and it's so hot. <laughs> it's so hot. <laughs> milk was such a bad choice. Yeah, milk, milk was, was a, a bad, bad choice. choice. <laughs> that, that's where I went with that. Of course, it's late, so I, I might go a lot of different directions because it's, it's yeah. late and I'm tired. Um, so uh, you saw all the movies. uh a couple of them you didn't have to uh, run out to the theater because apparently this is going to be a new trend. Uh, more and more movies uh, that are on Netflix. You don't even have oh, to yeah. leave your house. Well, so, yeah, last year we had two of them. Uh, one of them, right. now we get two. Right, now we got two of them. They're going to grow Irish every year, and, apparently. And Marriage Story. So basically mm-hmm. they release these movies on Netflix. They throw them into theaters for a week. Yeah, about a, about a half a second. Just enough to qualify. Totally, yeah. yeah. And, you know, with Marriage Story was the one that I was the most stunned by because I thought that was just a Netflix movie. I didn't even know that hit the theaters. I didn't yeah. know any of you. I didn't know any of them hit the theater, really. And, uh, and by I, the way, uh, supporting actor and actor uh, for the two popes, Jonathan Price yes. and Anthony Hopkins, that yeah. is that's on Netflix. Um, that's right. I loved that film. That was. I mean, even though it's not nominated for Best Picture, that might have been the favorite, my favorite film I've seen this week. So, wow, huh. okay. <clears throat> High so praise for number, uh, for the two uh, popes. The number two movie on the list was Parasite, uh, which I'm also seeing a lot of buzz for. As a lot of people are saying, it's just going to win. I, I have a theory that it's going to win because it's the only movie in the whole field that's not just blatantly about white people. Right. It's, 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 it's extremely not white. It's about Korean yes. people, and it's in Korean. So Correct. You can't get much, much more anti-white than so that. So it will win Best Picture because all the other. Otherwise, we're going to have a whole Oscars so white because this is this has got to be the whitest Oscars field. Nobody's <laughs> talking about it, right? Because we got that out of our system. I think nobody is talking about the fact that this is a, a very white Oscar season. No, you're absolutely right. Um, so I'll bring it up because. I can't. No, you're right. Yeah, this is white. <laughs> but nobody's talking about it. You know, you know, like Ricky Gervais said, uh, the Golden Globes is going to deal with the issue of, of having blacks not nominated for Golden Globes. They're just going to be more racist and just not even nominate them. It was like some <laughs> stupid joke he made. It's some stupid joke. I was like, but you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the list. I don't. No, it is an extremely uh, not diverse field. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, I, but I'm, I'm not... Getting back to 1917, uh, 1917 got some of the treatment like uh, Dunkirk got, where there was this like sort of like, it wasn't as bad, but you started getting some of this like backlash, like, oh, there wasn't enough diversity in this movie. Uh, well, 
if what you want to be true expecting? to the times. <laughs> what were you expecting? Yeah. If you want to be true to the time, you really can't have a lot of diversity unless you want to just totally rewrite history. Right. So uh, put 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 Tarantino in charge of a war movie. You'll have some diversity then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have all sorts of people where they're not supposed to be. So yeah, we'll see. No, but I wanted to point that out. So Parasite immediately jumped to the top of my mind because it's the least white of all the movies. So it's gotta win. Yeah, so it was definitely it was... Yeah, go ahead. Definitely. Uh, explain Parasite to me uh, because that's the one out of all the trailers that I just could not put my finger on exactly what it is, what it's about. Of course, first of all, it's in Korean, so I'm already a little lost. Uh, then the the trailer was intentionally vague about where the story was going, didn't give it anything away. So Jason would definitely approve of the trailer because he hates trailers that give the the whole story away. We just um, had this conversation. That's right. Uh, very visually striking movie. Uh, so you're the one that's actually seen it. What the hell is that about? Um, there is a twist in the film, maybe about in the starting of the third act, which is why they probably don't reveal a lot in the trailer. But the movie is about um, a destitute, impoverished family who has to con their way to get a job to make money. They don't even con for money. They con for the job to make the money, which is crazy to me. That, um, and so, there, well, especially there for us a, here in America. Yes. Well, and they're viewed. I assume Parasite is referring to this particular family's parasitic complex of trying to get these jobs. They want these particular jobs, and they con their way into them, and um, and they end up living off the employer like like parasitically so and there's a very interesting twist in the third act where they cross paths with a former employee uh a former employee uh the people they replaced basically um and i don't want to give anything away but it was it was entertaining it was freaking depressing i mean um (laughs) Because this family was so reliant on technology. The movie opens the whole, uh, there's four members in the family, mom, yeah, mom, dad, son, daughter, and movie opens with them on their devices, all four of them on their devices. And then mom yells, you know, the Wi-Fi's out. So he has to take his dad's phone that has Wi-Fi finder app and move it around. And he says, okay, they move the router over here, meaning they're, <laughs> they're so parasitically yeah suck it off someone else's Wi-Fi. internet yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly uh. and they deal with you know they deal with rats and urine and they and their apartments in an alley in a garden apartment or basement apartment so um <clears throat> but um things do improve for them a little bit um but it was really depressing just to see how far people would go just for the job, not even for the money, just for the job to get the money. <laughs> right. Uh, the one scene there in the no trailer. There was no they were even going to get paid. They were just going for the job. So. Uh, that, that definitely makes them different than Americans because uh, if you listen to some people, we don't go for the job at all. We just go for the, for the money. Uh, so right. that's to your point. Um, 
the one definitely depressing uh, scene in the trailer that I that I actually understood was, uh, and it is subtitled, so you you don't have to just sit there and hear a bunch of Korean and have no idea what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, some uh, um, insect uh, in, uh, in uh, pest- pesticide is, is sweeping through uh, uh, wherever they're living, sweeping through yeah. the neighborhood. And I guess it's not meant for uh, to to come up in their house to to take care of their problems because they're they're not of that uh, social uh, ec- socioeconomic status. So they just decide, uh, you know, they're talking about closing the windows because here comes all the 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 poison and the pesticide or whatever. And the dad's like, no, 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 leave them windows open. We're gonna get some some pesticide up in here. We're gonna get these roaches yeah. killed too. And then it just yeah. you just see the the the, the smoke or the uh, the, the the absolute screen of poison washing over them as they get this free uh, pesticide into into their house and it's like oh that is that's awful just thinking yeah. about uh, sitting there with their windows open getting poison all up in you just so you can get some some roaches killed in your house that's that's yeah. very depressing in and of itself yeah I mean and it gets even worse than that you know like it just how they prey on other people. This particular family preys on other people for the jobs. This includes the people they replace for the jobs and their employers. So, um, but they did, I, I mean, you could see their point of view. They're trying to climb out of this slum, you know. Right. And there are people in the world who, who have incredibly worse living conditions. They have no running water, you know. Not but, that uh, yeah, that was... That was uh, that was a weird film. <laughs> <laughs> it was a ninety-three fan score on Rotten Tomatoes, and the uh, the champion of the critics uh, ninety-nine on the Rotten Tomatoes critic score for Parasite. Okay. Well, so the person who didn't give it to the get it to the hundred must be the same one who didn't vote for Derek Jeter for the Hall of Fame. A very busy person. He's running around casting no votes for things that, that everyone else is going yes. He's got a lot on his plate. He's the, he's also the the doctor. When four out of five doctors recommend a particular medicine, he's the one that he's got the thumbs four down. Four out of five for, doctors agree. Yeah, he's he's the one. one. Nope, I don't agree. I disagree. Uh, so the other uh, the. Two Netflix movies uh, that uh, are nominated this year as they go up one every year, uh, The Irishman and Marriage Story, uh, definitely different uh, movies, uh, definitely different, uh, can't get too much different than these two movies. One about the the guy hired to be Jimmy Hoffa's bodyguard, and uh, oops, that that didn't turn out so well. Right. uh, Lots of explosions uh, in that movie. Um, so definitely uh, a mafia movie uh, because of every time you turn around uh, in the trailer, there's a, another car exploding or some other building exploding. A lot, lot of explosions. Um, but you I got, you got the yeah. Go ahead. You got, hit, you got heavy hitters as far as uh, acting royalty uh, in that movie. Yeah, it was surprisingly reminiscent of Godfather. Hmm. Um, there were some scenes where I was like, is he just recreating Godfather? There's like a baptism scene and a wedding scene. I was like, 
And then he there's even a slow violin music. There's a harmonica scene that made me think of Untouchables. I was like, um, I mean, it didn't. It felt like he did pull from other influences. Other other like, better influences. Yes, and I also got also Goodfellas, also Casino, sure. um, from his own films. Um, that all that aside. Um, it's supposedly based on this man's retelling on his deathbed of how he's the one who killed Hoffa. And, um, and apparently Martin and De Niro, uh, Scorsese and De Niro pushed to get this made. This was apparently years in the making, <clears throat> but it was entertaining. You know, it's, it's what you would expect from Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah. It, it still um, it felt like very it was it felt by the numbers and I, I don't I think that's one of the reasons why I don't think it's it's going to win is it I don't think it's breaking any ground as far right. as movies go. Right. Right. Like we um, like you said when you're when you're comparing it to like I said other better movies and uh, you know and, and and something that we've already we've already seen like if I want to see the Godfather I'll just watch the Godfather. Right. Right. Or Godfather two. You know, um, and you know this. I, I didn't really feel when I saw the trailer for this movie, and it was like nothing really spoke to me. Like, oh, I need to watch that. Right. Yeah, I, I had no plans on watching it until I saw it was nominated for best picture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm watching that. <laughs> I heard it was also interminably long. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's uh, a little bit over three hours, and oh. yeah, I could have cut out maybe twenty minutes. Um, maybe, maybe 30, but, um, but, uh, I'm, I'm glad he made that movie despite the fact that there's a Hoffa film out there. I forgot who did that, but that was Jack Nicholson and, uh, Danny DeVito. Yeah. That was, Mm -hmm. uh, oh God, who did Hoffa? Was that Oliver Stone? Uh, it that might was, have been. I was, I was, yeah, I was going to say that name, but I wasn't but, sure yeah, I was right about that. that to but... me, yeah, I believe that was Oliver Stone um, that did Hoffa. I got that vibe for some reason. Um, I'll look that up yeah. while you guys uh, commiserate. I have director Danny DeVito. Huh. What? IMDb. That's what it says. Go ahead and look it up, Jason. He was in the movie. I know that. I know. I know. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I I I didn't know that. I didn't know DeVito directed uh, that. But anyway, that would that would blow me away if that was directed by Danny DeVito. Why, why did I think that was directed by Oliver Stone? Well, it has a Stone feeling to it, you know. It does. It's a bit gritty, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the credits here. It says Danny DeVito uh, directed that movie. It was written by David Mamet, which actually now that I know that makes a lot of sense. That does make sense. <laughs> Yeah, Irishman is like very talky, but yeah, that does not feel like a. Yeah, that was the Jack Nicholson one. So Danny DeVito directed that movie, <laughs> and that was like his fourth collaboration with Nicholson. You know, going back to Cuckoo's Nest. You know. Yeah, yeah, Danny DeVito film that is just mind blowing. You learn something new every day. I've seen the movie, which is why it's even more mind blowing, and, and Danny DeVito <laughs> was in it. Right. Didn't, didn't know he was capable. So, yeah, like I said, though, it had a very Oliver Stone. Who knew that uh, Danny DeVito was a poor man's Oliver Stone? 
the Irishman was very highly regarded critics wise, ninety six. Uh, yeah, that, that, that that's got an Oscar bait feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, eighty six fan score, which is not great, but still not bad at all. Um, the other uh, Netflix movie, Marriage Story, that was a ninety five critic score and eighty four fan score. That felt like Oscar bait to me. A uh, lot of tears. God, a lot of tears yeah. in the trailer for that movie. My God, it seemed like a very sad movie. The the grainy film, the way they filmed it, we talked about uh, Tarantino and the way he films certain movies. This had a sort of a grainy 70s uh, feel to it. Very striking. Really made the movie stand out. A lot of tears. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested, Dave, in how a couple splitting up is portrayed uh, in a non-depressing way because the trailer made it seem like this movie was unbelievably depressing. Right. I told uh, I told my niece, I said, it's like Kramer versus Kramer part two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is very much like that. Um, the mom doesn't leave, unlike in Kramer, but uh, it is the same story. It's, you know, a couple going through divorce. Um, apparently the screenwriter based it on his own marriage and divorce from Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, um, a blast from the past. Okay. Yeah. Blast from the past. yeah. Um, but it was of all the films, the two, I, I really did not look forward to watching were little women and the marriage <laughs> story and marriage story. The rest of them, I was actually like, Oh, I like this lineup. <laughs> So this was a bit of a chore to get through, although I love Adam Driver. I love Scarlett Johansson. Of course, I couldn't help but connect. Oh, there's Kylo Ren and there's Scarlett uh, Black Widow. (laughs) (laughs) And um, someone makes an appearance in that film. Um, There there was a man who – I'm going to find out who he is. Uh, what his name is, but he was in three of these films as like a B-rated character. Oh, so he, so he definitely uh, earned his keep. Yeah, and he was in the post. I'm trying to find out his name, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, um, Marriage Story also. Um, it seemed like they were going to have a very civil, no lawyers kind of divorce. And then it was the lawyers that made it toxic, you know. And, and yeah, one of the lawyers were was so toxic she got herself nominated for an Oscar herself. Uh, yeah, Laura Dern. Laura Dern double dipping this year. She did Little Women and uh, Marriage Story. Yeah. And apparently, Laura Dern's character is based on. Um, a very famous L.A. divorce attorney who also handled Scarlett's, Scarlett Johansson's divorce. Oh. So, you know, it's all intertwined. It's like but, self-referential. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, there were, I thought I read there were three people that got in divorce from this film. Like, Scarlet, oh, Scarlet and Laura Dern and Noah Baumbach, the writer, have all been divorced. Yeah. Uh, The best story is usually is to, you know. So why don't they call this movie Divorce Story? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well. Right. 
Just throwing that out there. No, you're right. You're right. Probably doesn't look as good on the poster, huh? Yeah. Hey, honey, let's go see Divorce Story tonight. (laughs) Good date movie. What? What what, what are you trying to tell me? Wait a minute. Honey, there's something I need to tell you. Let's go see this movie. Uh, What? What's it called? (laughs) 1917. Divorce Story? He's not wrong. You're. Your son is not wrong. The movie says <laughs> one nine one seven on it. I'm, I'm standing up for him. Oh, <laughs> the actor. Him, but I'm think- standing up for him. Uh, the actor I'm thinking of is Tracy Letts. Tracy Letts. Um, he wrote a very famous book. Was it the the Notebook? I don't know. But anyway, he's in Little Women and Ford v Ferrari. Those oh, are the wow. two he's in. And then okay. in the past, he's been in The Post and yeah. uh, Lady Bird. He's cashing a paycheck. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Like, who? Uh, if you're a struggling actor, find out who his agent is <laughs> mm. and hire them. Yeah. You just want to follow you. You're not going to get the big roles there, buddy, but you are going to be in everything. <laughs> right. We're all going to be in this. Yeah, but we, we, you know, we have those, I had those guys, you know, like even in the 90s and in the 2000s, like there were those guys that you would know and they would show up like literally like you thought that they were in every movie ever made. Right. And there were just those kinds of guys and they just kept showing up and it would just turn out like every movie would go see, it's like, oh God, this guy's in everything. And this is, so this guy's going to maybe become one of those new guys who's in every movie ever made. Right. Tracy, let's uh, uh, the internet is letting me know uh, well, received the 2008 Pulitzer Prize for writing uh, the play August Osage County. So, that's it, August Osage County. That's right. Very, very <laughs> acclaimed and and making his way making his way around every movie apparently. Uh, but you know, as as Ice T says, when people make fun of him for being uh, playing a cop on TV for 20 years after all the the cop killer songs and things that he did, people are like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm making money. That's what I'm doing." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'll I'll tell you what, you can sing a song about it and doing it two different things. <laughs> no. Yeah, because if I if he was out there actually killing cops, probably wouldn't be making TV shows. And certainly not about being a cop. That Correct. Not, would not go together. Right. Um, but, but hey, just doing what you can and making that money. Okay, uh, let's get to Joker because, uh, speaking of depressing, um, this is the <laughs> movie that it, it, clearly I can certainly see why Joaquin Phoenix is considered a, a lock for, for the best actor this year uh, just from the yeah, trailer. Yeah, you. I'm with you on that. I have seen clips of this movie, and there are scenes in this movie that are so tense and so well acted. You're like, yeah, he, he's gonna, he's got to win best yeah, actor. It, it but I, I think by virtue of the, yeah, I, I think the Joker character has been so over. Like, we're we're just gonna keep making the Joker darker and darker and darker until we win an award. Damn it. Well, Heath Ledger has an award. <laughs> Heath, Ledger, Heath Ledger won the... Where's he uh, right now? I'd love to talk to him about the, how dark yeah, Joker The movie got. drove him insane and he killed himself, but that's okay. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, no, but the, this is, this is yeah, from what I've seen, I've seen quite a few clips of this movie because they're all over YouTube and you can watch them and they're pretty long. And This is, this is dark. And yeah. this is a movie about 
mental illness just as much as it's a comic book movie. This is like the least comic booky least comic, comic book movie. movie ever. Yes, ever. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious because uh, 88 on the on the fan score by a mile the lowest on the critic score of all the yes. uh, Oscar nominated movies. Only a 68 yeah. on the critic score. And if as the one to, person. Uh, I looked up Joker on Metacritic, and it had a 5.9 critical mm. score, a 91 user score. So people love this movie. Uh, but I'm curious, as the one person who's actually seen it, Dave, why did it get such a low uh, critic score? What uh, What's missing uh, with this movie? Well, um, sympathy for Joker, uh, uh, whose real name is Arthur Fleck. Um that's something you won't get in a Batman film. You won't get sympathy for him. And you have that in spades, the first two acts. I said to my nephew today, I said, I just watched Joker today, by the way. And I said, uh, I said, you know, the first two acts are really cringy and you're incredibly sympathetic and your heart just pours out for this poor guy um, who just can't catch a break. But then it's one of those films where the third act totally redeems the previous two. Where it's like, okay, you've waited long enough. Now we're, now we're going to get stuff done. And obviously I'm referring to when he just becomes the Joker. Yeah. As we know him. Um, it's, like, it's like, remember the movie Fallen Down with Michael Douglas? Absolutely. Like yeah. Like I that. love that. I, I love that movie. I love that movie. So You would. What do you mean I would? It's your type of movie. Guy snaps and starts swinging baseball yeah. bats at everybody. That's, that's right that's up your right. alley. You know, if I go to McDonald's and it's 11 o'clock and it's 11.05 and they stop serving breakfast at 11 o'clock, that's bullshit, man. But I, I've been everybody here wishes they had minutes. an Uzi. Everybody at that point wants to have an Uzi so they can shoot up the McDonald's. <laughs> It was like the ultimate movie of wish fulfillment for people. But no, I appreciate that movie on a lot of different like levels. Like I said, great, right up your a, alley. It's a great movie. No, because because you, you've also got like you got Robert Duvall. You got the yeah, you know, he's the, yeah. No, that's that is a that is a a classic. I believe that is a classic movie. Yeah, it's it's just but, like falling down, except a lot darker. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right, and and. Uh, Jesus, a lot Joker, darker and, than and the Joker. Down. The Joker oh basically he creates this sort of movement by the end of the movie, and it becomes a, a, a statement on our society. And no, it's it. Uh, I I would like I personally would like to see this win Best Picture. I know it's got no chance in hell, but I, I do want to see Joaquin Phoenix win for the portrayal um, of this character. Yeah. Because you know yeah. what they could have they could have called this movie something else and not used the the DC tag, right? You could have right. called this anything else. Um, you know, if if we were doing this like Netflix, we'd call it Mental Health Story. Right. Right. <laughs> but right. Or, or Bird know. Box Two. <laughs> but have yeah, but having the having the, the, the you know, it's set in Gotham. There's no Batman in this movie. I mean, uh, the Waynes are in it, you know, like Yeah, the Waynes, but, yeah. Yeah. They they feature prominently, unfortunately, uh, in the movie. But it you could have completely taken this and stripped this out. This could have just been New York City in the eighties and, and, and all the things 
could have stayed the same, and this this movie would be just as uh, the same movie as it is without the without the comic book quote unquote um, hook. Yeah, it might have been received better. I totally love the. I loved the whole link to Bruce and Thomas and Martha um, and Alfred. Alfred makes a brief appearance. Sure. It just gave me chills when I saw that. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Fleck or Joker comes face to face with young Bruce before his parents are murdered. And it's just, you could see everything in the future, how it's going to affect his life, you know? And it's hmm. a very brief scene, but uh, Fleck's already half gone. And um, I think it's a touching scene. Some people would be, I suppose some parents would be afraid in that situation, but he, Arthur Fleck isn't, doesn't have any animosity towards young Bruce. The uh, scene they put in the trailer was of him uh, before the, I guess, before the insanity, uh, just sitting on a uh, public bus and entertaining this little black boy in front of him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, seemingly, you know, not a big deal. And he's just making funny faces and making the kid laugh. And, you know, sometimes (laughs) you're able to do that. Sometimes you can make a kid laugh by doing a funny face. And it seems like a pretty innocent all of a sudden the mother turns around and is like, will you leave my child alone or something like that? Mm-hmm. And you kind of see the, the lights turn off in Joaquin Phoenix's head right then and there. Like, okay, I'm, I'm all I'm doing is trying to entertain this dude and I'm getting, you know, heat and hate back from, from the mother and you know, what's, what's going on, what, you know, you can almost see it start to turn a little bit just off of that. Um, so I, I, you can see where it's going, even you know from the trailer that is definitely going down a dark road right off the bat. Um, but they need to put that uh, your your line on a on a poster, Dave. That's that's great. Like falling down, but darker. That, that's that's the that's the money <laughs> that quote. That movie right was there. not dark enough. Right. <laughs> if you saw falling down and walked out with a smile, you need something darker. Here's yeah, Joker. I, Dave, I could see Dave back in the 90s, right? Walks out of falling down. Here's Dave. Here's young Dave walking out of that movie. I liked it, but it just wasn't dark enough. <laughs> I, I wish I need something darker. Do that film. I yeah. didn't want to give anything away. Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> but Douglas, uh, Michael Douglas' character does, uh, does not come out <laughs> of that film a lot. No. For all of you that had not watched Falling Down yet. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's hard to get into spoiler territory for a movie that's probably from the mid-90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah, had I your believe. chance. But, yeah, Dre's right. That movie's right up my alley. <laughs> um, so you were saying, Dave, that you were not looking forward to uh, Little Women, and it understandably, doesn't. That's that movie's not yeah, for that's us. That's illegal, can... by the way. <laughs> that's what? Little women that they're what, women what, what though. So it's, oh, oh, I get like little people. They're midgets. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're women. It's not little girls. That's that's the R. Kelly movie. No, this is little women. It's okay. Um, little women is, uh, and that's a perfect movie for our times right now. Little women with the the meets hashtag Me Too and uh, yeah. women being empowered. So this is this is exactly the perfect time for, for this okay. movie. 
I might be totally wrong, but why does it feel like this movie gets remade like every five yeah. years? Yeah. No, and you're not wrong. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> every time. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. It's the same as uh, 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 what's the Lady Gaga last year? Uh, Star is born. Star is born. Every five Star years. Is born, yeah. And and Little Women gets made every five years. No, you're right. Um, but this one actually seems even more uh, sort of incisive just from the trailer, Dave. Uh, definitely sort of a modern biting edge. There's some lines in the trailer that I'm like, okay, that wasn't in the book. I know damn well. Uh, so they, they're definitely getting some some well-written, well-acted uh, uh Things that are going on that definitely speak to to times today, a little edge and wit to to sort of amplify the book's message. And uh, of course, I'm I'm always going to stand for Saoirse uh, Ronan. That's another one uh, that yeah. I think is just awesome in everything she does. That's awesome, everything she does. Yeah. So, I'm also excited. Yeah. Tim Chalamet's in it. He plays oh, yeah. uh, maybe one of the leads, uh, male leads, um, mm-hmm. which isn't really a lead role because. Obviously, all the males take a back seat, but Bob Odenkirk is in it as the dad. I was like super psyched about that. Laura Dern. I mean, <laughs> I just say that these are some people that I think need a lot more exposure, and I'm glad they're all in this film. Uh, 95 for critic score and 92 for fans, so very uh, highly regarded. Yeah, uh, the most thing, the thing I appreciate most in this film is who they cast. Laura Dern, yep. Ronan, Chalamet, Odenkirk. Um, trying to think who played. Oh, Emma uh, Emma Watson. Is that who's in Harry yep. Potter? Yeah. Yep. So I'm glad she's in this film because she needs to do something else <laughs> and a lot more of whatever that is. <laughs> Girl, I don't care what you do. Just you know, do she's still cashing checks. She probably doesn't have to be in another movie oh. for the rest of her life. For the till the day she dies, she's gonna be cashing checks off of Harry Potter, no doubt. Her and uh, uh, Brad Cliff. Yeah, um, and any of those people, any of those top billed mm-hmm. people from those movies are are all set for life. Uh, so, Little Women, well cast, and you were excited about who was in it. Um, is, is that much far as that goes? Is the story uh, did it do anything part, for I, you? I have not seen the other incarnations of this film. I was right. not familiar with the story at all. I did empathize with the characters. Um, I definitely did. Um, Ronan's character is kind of a, you know, her, she has, what, three sisters, and they're all, you know, working their whole adolescence towards marriage. <laughs> you know, everything they do mm-hmm. is going to, you know, dictate who they're marrying and when, and Ronan goes off the beaten path and she's like, no, I'm not marrying anybody. And I'm going to go write a book. And of course she gets married, but, <laughs> of course. um, but I did like that story. And I like that she was a writer and she gets her book printed at the end of the movie. And it was really nice seeing how those books were made. Um, I don't know what time period I'm guessing turn of the century, but, uh, the info for it on the Oscar webpage says that this takes place in the late 1860s. Okay, yeah, okay. And knowing that this takes place in the late 1860s, is this movie chock full of racism, Dave? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where it's based. It must be... Massachusetts, uh, from what I see. So I guess that's 
see. No, not that's really. A, that's the free north, right? Yeah, that's the free north, yeah. This doesn't take uh, place in, uh, you know, Dothan uh, <laughs> or anything like Alabama. that. Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> and the, Are there any black the people in this movie at all, Dave? Um... Oscar's so white. I'm thinking. You, you can't have racism if you ain't got no black people in the movie. See, that's what <laughs> that's a good point. That's a very well, good first point. first, have to find the black people in Boston in 1860. <laughs> they're no, there. This was the, this was the I'm not doubting north. This they're in the back of the kitchen, north, but they're there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're out there. Um, no, I, I didn't think there'd be much. Uh, uh, about I figured it would be like an episode of Friends. Just uh, can't have any black people uh, that uh, the jury if you don't have any black people in the film at all. So I figured right. it would be something uh, like that. I'm going through the cast and I don't see. Um, I <laughs> all right. Uh, Chris Cooper's in it. I like him. But uh, all that aside, um, the only com- the a real complaint I had is this movie jumps around a lot in timeline. And oh, I hate those. Yeah. Like and there were scenes where I was like, "What's happening now?" Uh, like she turns like, her head like and then all of a sudden it's a different time. <laughs> it is like Pulp Fiction, but you could, you could, you know. I'm trying to think. But Pulp of, Fiction uh, was good. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, <laughs> you could tell it was, you know, in Pulp Fiction you could tell like when you see uh, Jules and Vega, you know, in the t-shirts, you're like, "Oh, we're not." <laughs> This right. Yeah. Since, uh, after the apartment, or it's way after the apartment, after Jimmy's apartment, after Jimmy's right. house. Yeah, that's but, a whole uh, other uh, category by itself. Is Pulp Fiction? That's probably my favorite movie of all time. So uh, please oh. don't compare it to Pulp Fiction. Wow. Okay. Well, we do. I do. We do not need to get in. We we don't have to get into a fight or over our favorite Tarantino movies because that is not my favorite Tarantino <laughs> movie. So. Okay. Well. I have, well, Little Women's like Pulp Fiction, just not as dark. <laughs> oh, well, then Little no Women don't like it. Like Pulp Fiction, <laughs> but not as dark. Not as not as dark. Nobody's brains get splattered all over. Maybe they do. We're not putting that on the poster. <laughs> uh, the only movie we have not covered is called Jojo Rabbit. Yes. Um, otherwise known as There's a Jew in My Closet. Uh, I guess the yeah. I, I guess the. The, the trailer intrigued me, but in general, the the concept of a of a little boy's fantasies of Hitler as a bosom buddy that that kind of made me uh, a little queasy, a little uneasy. I I, I was like, I, what? And that got nominated for best picture. Okay, this is this is one of those that I, I promise you, if they were still doing the five pictures every year instead of nine, there's no way in hell this is getting nominated. Probably not. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it's actually a very pleasant movie if you. Do you, I don't know if you know any of Taika Waititi's work, and he's only really done two films that I know of, and that was What We Do in the Shadows and Thor Ragnarok. And his humor is very hyperbolic and very ironic humor, and it's and it's hilarious. Like there's a scene. Okay, so first off, the kid, he's in a camp for soldiers to be trained. Right. These are, so these are brainwashing these kids. That's basically what yep. they're doing. And so the kid doesn't know any better than to, you know, make Hitler up in his head that, oh, he's my friend. You know, he doesn't know any better. And of course, Taika Waititi plays Hitler and he's very comical 
added. You know, um, Rebel Wilson is in it. She is hilarious. Just freaking hilarious. Um, she plays one of the instructors. Sam Rockwell plays another instructor. He's like their commanding officer. Um, there's a scene where the base or the school where these kids are being taught uh, is being attacked. This to give you an idea of how hilarious this humor is, Taika, uh, the director. Um, the base is getting attacked. And everybody's running for their lives. So a couple of the boys run up to Rebel Wilson and they're like, what do we do? What do we do? And she, she takes a grenade, puts it in the little boy's back pants, you know, like in, in his pants. She puts it in his pants, puts the grenade there, pulls the pin and says, okay, run over there. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a laugh a minute, boy. Um, <laughs> I know. I, it's, 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 oh, it's, because uh, yeah. So I'm guessing, yeah, they the uh, the school gets attacked on D-Day, so it's the Allies, and of course everything is overtly, you know, racism and uh, racist and anti-Semitic. Um, There's your racism. Pointing out the obvious flaws in you know, being a Nazi. And uh, it's just so obvious. So it's overtly in your face that (laughs) Hitler's an idiot, you know, (laughs) for thinking what he does think. So, but entertaining. And um, the boy actually strikes up kind of a romance with the Jewish girl that he has captive in his bunker or in his bunk or in his closet. Um, and that's when the boy comes to the realization that, you know, maybe Hitler's wrong, you know, I've been told, I've been told and taught this my whole life. And now I'm finally meeting a young, beautiful Jewish woman. And I think he's wrong. And you could slowly see this dawn upon the kid. And there's a touching end, uh, between him and her. He doesn't. He desperately wants to protect her from the world, and he contemplates keeping her captive and telling her lies, and then he eventually comes clean, because she doesn't know what's going on in the outside world, because she's in the closet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so he contemplates the... telling her the war is is still going on, and we won, the Nazis won, and you have to stay here, because he doesn't want her to leave. He doesn't want her to leave and you know, his presence or any wants to protect her. Hmm, that, that's an intriguing to me personally because, boy, does that uh, remind me of some dark fantasies to have of keeping some certain girls Oh, hey, look at that. Look at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't go down that road. <clears throat> that would be too dark, um, but that, you know, Dave's like, oh, I'm in. Right up Dave's out. <laughs> My fantasies were like Jojo Rabbit, except darker. Um, right. Yeah, right. I can. So I, I can why that got a good uh, fan score, a very high ninety-five, uh, only an eighty on the critic score, though. Uh, but yeah, that that's uh, that's that's quite the concept. Um, and, and I, I guess I'll uh, sort of applaud the uh, the imagination of even coming up with a story like that. But I was just 
I'm sitting there watching Hitler sort of in the trailer, sort of prance around and, and be smiley and dancing. And I'm just like that. That's a brain fuck right there. If you don't know what's coming, and I kind of didn't. Um, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, whoa, what the hell? What a, what am I watching here? I was doing mushrooms or something. Um, yeah, but right. it's, it, it's, I'll say that. It's definitely... Have you ever seen Thor Ragnarok? Uh, no, that, that's not, uh, the, it's not my genre. I'm, I'm, I've never oh, gotten I into the, get the, I got it. Yeah. The, the Marvel movies and, and superhero movies. I, I've never gotten into those. Did you, did you check that one out, Jason? I did not see that one, I, but mm-hmm. I am aware of it. I know what happens in it, but I did not actually see it. Well, there's That's... a scene, uh, not in Thor, but in What We Do in the Shadows. That it's, he's a vampire. He's talking about his ex-girlfriend. He calls her the Beast, and he has drawings of her. And he's like, this is my ex-girlfriend. And it's like, uh, I forgot his name, uh, Bestaba, the guy with the horns and the lamb's face. You know, and He's like, this is my ex-girlfriend. And when you finally meet her on camera, it's just a woman. <laughs> it's just a regular looking woman. <laughs> but uh, up until you actually meet her, you think she's actually this beast. <laughs> and that's, that's like pretty funny. kind of humor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but, yeah. Again, I've known plenty of women that I would introduce this beast, and they're just <laughs> women. So, yeah, I, I get that. Um, so your official uh, pick, I know you said you uh, what you wish would win would be uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Ford versus Ferrari. Um, do you have a pick of what you think is actually going to, to win? I, um, man. No, I don't you're know. asked what the what to is. Now you're like, what does he actually think is going to win? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what so, is actually going to happen tomorrow night? I'm, I'm crossing out Irishman, Jojo Rabbit. Um, I'm going to cross out Little Women. I'm going to cross out Marriage mm-hmm. Story. Uh, I'm thinking 1917 or Joker. Oh, no, no. Never mind Joker. Parasite. So I'm going to go with 1917 first. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the odds-on favorite right now. Yeah, that's yeah. That's one that you have to pay. To, to make you know you you don't win right. all your you know you you don't get the best odds if you take 1917. So right now that is the top um, top odds. Right. Okay. Right. I'm I'm so, I'm so intrigued by Parasite though that the the fact that there's uh, such a, an undercurrent uh, what the story is and there's such that you can't even. Uh, really tell us about because it makes up such a, a big part of the story. So I'm, uh, I'm split between uh, 1917 and Parasite, which is the top two picks. So that's not really going on a limb. But 1917 right. being the the war as hell movie that's being praised for how well it's been shot and 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 all of that that feels like uh, something that that would win. But Parasite feels like something that might win because it's it's a great mystery. It's a great uh, uh, the. the Anything that's so uh, the, the plot twist is so secret that nobody's really talking about it because I can't really find what it's about uh, online either. Uh, but I just keep reading a bunch of it. It's really uh, insightful. It's really uh, a great story about uh, uh, class and and uh, poverty, and it's, it's a great yeah. message. And uh, you know, it, it's really uh, an, in, an incisive uh, story about what's going on today. So. 
I, I'm I'm split between those two. Now, I, the only thing I will say against Parasite because I think that's got that that's been sort of like that that second place pick, and that's what everybody's like gonna everybody's gonna always kind of clamor for that is it's the slam dunk then to win foreign language film, right? Oh right. Yeah, sure. So I don't know if the if they're going to double down on that. Um, yeah, I don't. Honestly, really, yeah, you're right, Jason. That's a good point. Why would they choose that twice? <laughs> and uh, I'm going to tell you something super shocking here, going down the list, Dave. Uh, 1917, uh, or as my son calls it, 1917, not nominated, <laughs> not nominated for editing. Oh, oh what? What's that? 1917. 1917 was not nominated for editing. Oh my God. I mean, okay. It must be nominated for cinematography. I'm it is absolutely uh, nominated for cinematography, but not nominated yep. for um, what do you call it? Uh, editing at all. So yeah, because okay. uh, yeah, cinematography is Irishman, Joker, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and The Lighthouse. Okay. The uh, okay, because I'm. I, I get so confused with all these uh, categories. I'm looking at visual effects. That's something totally that's, different that's than editing. Effects. Yeah, that that's usually like uh, that. That's um, special effects. Yeah, that's not editing. Editing is the, the cut of the movie, which is just so right. stunning that you could make a movie that looks like it's not cut <laughs> and not give it an editing uh, right. at least a nod, at least a nomination. And there, there's sound editing award different than the editing editing. There's a production design, which is different than that. There's a lot yeah. of uh, different awards I'm looking at here. Uh, yeah, these are the technical awards that they give out before the show. Right. But that, I didn't, I guess I never really realized how many different ones uh, that kind of speak to not the, exactly the same thing, but uh, similar topics or similar subjects. I'm, I'm looking at the, I would think it would be uh, for production design, and indeed it is. Uh, then not for editing. I, I guess that's different, but yeah. Um, the uh, we really never get into those uh, categories either. We uh, really focus on the uh, the main award, the the best movie, and then the actor and actresses award. Uh, and before we get to those, Jason, did you have a? a where you're leaning, what what you think's going to happen tomorrow night for Best Picture? Uh, I think 1917 will win. Um, this is the Academy's chance to correct the wrong by uh, not giving Saving Private Ryan <laughs> the win, this is a, which is which was uh, totally deserved. I believe what was it Shakespeare in Love? Oh, I believe. Yeah, um, I think you're right beats, about that. That beats Saving Private Ryan, so I think this is their their chance to to maybe correct an injustice for a great war movie. Um, I personally, like I said, I would like to see Joker win um, because I think that you know that there's there's an ele there there's this is definitely an elevated form of what we've come to expect as comic book movies and. I, I think in that right that you can make something that's based on that type of source material and make it, even though it's dark, 
you could make it feel you know gritty and real. And the Christopher Nolan Batman movies tried to do this, uh, which was one of the reasons why Heath Ledger won the award for his portrayal of the Joker. And I, mm-hmm. I do feel like that there's this, this escalation of that character. And like, like, let's just give this movie best picture so we can be done with people just remaking Joker movies. Right, right. Well, if this doesn't you know, win, what are they going to do next? <laughs> they got to go darker. You got darker. Yes. <laughs> it's like Even Joker, darker. but darker. Dave's going to be right back here in 2022 or 2023. Like, this movie reminds me of Joker, but darker. <laughs> This guy was like Joaquin Phoenix, but even darker. Yeah. Um, yeah you uh, you you've talked me into 1917 as well, Jason. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with that. Uh, as far as what I think is gonna happen, I, I can't really say I would what I choose to pick because I never haven't seen any of these movies. But yeah, I'm, I, I think they're gonna give it to the to the war hell movie. Uh, so, and like I said, after knowing that Saving Private Ryan, which is probably the le- the best, one of the best war movies of the last twenty years, twenty five years, uh, got denied by the bullshit Weinstein Group, uh, which I think we know all about that now. <laughs> What's that? Oh what boy! Is, what did? Nineteen seventeen? No, uh, I'm talking about uh, Saving Private Ryan when it got started. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When yeah. Harvey, when the Weinstein group was basically buying Oscars, um, that, uh, yeah, like Andre said, the, the, the war is hell movie, uh, needs to have its day. So those can go away for a little while. I, you you (laughs) know what I was surprised? I was surprised Midway wasn't up there. Midway. I'm I'm not. You're not because what? Roland Emmerich? (laughs) One of the, Yes. And from what I heard about it was that it was a little more, yeah, it was definitely a rah rah, and we we didn't we already we we already had the Charlton Heston Midway, you know, like we didn't need to remake Midway. We had the version of Midway we needed to see. I just seventies. I have back not when we were making that. like Patton and right. Midway, and you know, Tora Tora Tora. We're making all these great World War Two movies. It's like eh. <laughs> Did we need another one? I think we. I think everybody still had the bad taste in their mouth, even though it wasn't a Roland Emmerich movie after Pearl Harbor. Right, right. I hated Pearl Harbor. Hated it. Yeah. Ooh, so it was terrible. It was. Was it dark it, enough? Yeah, it, no. It, it was. It, Michael Bay is not a very good director. Yeah. And he Michael tried Bay. to. <laughs> oh God. He tried to shoehorn the oh, plot of Titanic. Give me a headache, oh. Jesus. <laughs> into, the, into the retelling of the story of Pearl Harbor. Oh, that doesn't sound good at all. And you're right about that. Your, your leads are uh, Ben Affleck. I forget who the other guy was because he was completely forgettable. And there's this like right. love triangle thing going on. And it was a Josh Hartnett, right? It was Josh Hartnett. Uh, Josh Hartnett, yes. And who, where's he now? Um, right. And, and Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, right. and that was the love interest, and y'all, oh, just a awful movie. And instead it really of telling the story of in, that uh... day, which like you could make a you could make a un, like a 1917 version of Pearl Harbor and make that a compelling movie because the attack on Pearl Harbor was only a few hours long. So you could probably make that style of movie where it, you know it's got that like you are there kind of feel to it. And then they shoehorn at the end this entire plot about the Doolittle raid. It's just an awful movie. Just an absolute, just like just puke 
all over this <laughs> event, this horrible event that happened in history, and, and it, Michael Bay just kind of shit all over it. So, did I? Well, did I do you feel better that I just did that, Dave? Did I, did I, yeah, did that about yeah, sum yeah. it up for you. No, that does sum it up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, surprisingly, Midway. I didn't even know it was an Emmerich film until the very end. I, because it was so well done. Uh, he incorporated generals and colonels and obviously Eisenhower. And um, it was just so perfectly well done. And then he credits all the guys who, that were depicted, the actual the actual men who were there. Sure. Um, um, so I didn't expect so that. So how did you that. know it was his movie at the end? Did they blow up the White uh, House? Yeah. Or... No. no. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, so Roland Emmerich, you, you could, he's he's all about disaster films. He's all about uh, what Independence Day, Day After Tomorrow, Godzilla, right. and so everything. Like garbage, right? Yeah, 2012, right, right. So his his movies are end of the world movies, and, and they're bad. Yeah, it wasn't until it actually said on the screen, directed by Roland Emmerich, I was like, holy shit, that was an Emmerich film. Like I didn't even know that. It seemed like uh, almost like an Oliver Stone film. Um. Oh, so, Danny and, DeVito didn't direct it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a lot of Oliver Stone shout-outs tonight, uh, more than I would have ever expected. Um, Hope you're listening, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you listening live, um, just wanted to point out that uh, we're going off live in five minutes, but we have yeah. an after-show afterwards. If you want to listen to this entire show, the live show and the after show portion. Uh, you can come back here later on to this live show page, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. Or if you're a longtime listener of ours, you already know, you can go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps. Just search for in much less detail the podcast and hit that subscribe button. And when this episode is done recording, uh, live show and after show, You'll get the whole thing. The whole enchilada, the whole show will be uploaded to you. Uh, so I just wanted to get that out there before we go off live because I'm not going to do uh, a, a, a cut off and, and go into the app show. We're just going to flow right through um, and and not break up uh, the, the broadcast at all because I wanted to get into the actors and, and actresses and just uh, pretty much hit them uh, you know, right one after the other. Um, it looked like the... Uh, so you can correct me if you think differently, Dave. It looked like the actress, uh, supporting actress, supporting actor, uh, and maybe leading actress seem to not be complete slam dunks. There's some argument to be made uh, a little bit for, for all of those. Um, and then the male actor in the leading role is obviously uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, yeah. All his sewn up, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, not my eyes. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. Uh, so for actress uh, in a leading role, uh, it would appear that Renee Zellweger has the inside track. And uh, Jason, you can look up the odds yeah, for the, the actor odds. and actresses. Yeah, yeah, Renee Zellweger has the highest odds. So she's the longest shot. No, she has the you best mean the lowest chance. odds. She oh, lowest okay, odds, okay. right? She has the best chance. That's what I mean. I'm sorry, highest chance. Yeah. It's it's late. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. No, she's got she's got the best chance. She's got definitely got the the the, the best odds of winning, um, best actress. And just thinking, I could live in a world where Renee Zellweger has a best actress award under her belt. I don't know if it's worth living anymore. I think she's an <laughs> awful actress. 
Yeah, I don't like but her. You know, but you know what? I, I, but I saw the trailer, and she 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 put should have helped put her ass into yeah, it. And, I, she, and, and that is where because I did see the trailer for this movie, and I did not know it was her. Yeah, I did she, she not put know. everything she had into that role. Because I remember that's another one where they're going through and it shows that it says Renee Zellweger. I'm like, well, I didn't see her in the trailer. And then it's like, oh, wait, she's the one actually playing Judy Garland. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess she did a very good job. I I, I, I was convinced. I'll, I'll say that. I, that. She definitely got all the, the mannerisms of, of Judy Garland. So, yeah, I can see her. But it's not a complete slam dunk. I've seen some support out there for uh, Cynthia Erivo, who played Harriet Tubman, um, right. who in, in another country, uh, she very well could win, but she's, she's not winning the best actress for Harriet Tubman in America. That's just not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> why um, not? Uh, you know why not. And uh, like I <laughs> no, said, no, sir- no, no, this is what they're all, this is what we're all about. The green book won last year, for God's sake. <laughs> Yes, because it wasn't racist enough. The movie that needed more racism. <laughs> but that's why it won. From, from the and creator, that's... something about Mary. Because <laughs> 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 it was the Zucker brother that did that film. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and you, you know how I feel about Saoirse Ronan, so I'm, you know, I'm always uh, up for her getting us, uh, you know, sliding in and winning this thing, uh, if, if at all possible. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you see? Uh, Harriet or uh, Bombshell because those are two movies for the uh, best actress that were were not uh, up for for best Oscar for the for the picture. Uh, so I didn't know if you had checked out either one of those two movies. I, I haven't. I haven't seen Harriet, Bombshell, or Judy. Um, okay. I feel like Renee was just waiting for this part. Right. I looked she at her. She already works. Yeah. She, yeah. Like she hasn't appeared in anything. Not not yeah. not that I. Not that I've seen, but uh, it just seems like a, a money grab to me. It's like 20 years ago. Are you talking about Renee Zellweger here? Yes, right. It's like 20 years ago, somebody told her that she kind of resembled Judy Garland. And <laughs> she decided, like, I am just going to sit this thing out until I get so old that I look like Judy Garland. And then I'm going to be in that movie. It's going to be an award-winning performance. Well. It's called playing the long game. You you know all about yeah. playing the long game, Jason. So there you, you should respect that. Yeah. Um, the the trailer for Bombshell just like I I was kind of throwing my hands up in the air like really this was uh you know this was <laughs> supposed to be a a good movie or or an award winning movie. Charlize Theron uh gets nominated for playing Megan Kelly and it, it to from the, just from the trailer I didn't see the whole thing but just from the trailer it looked like her best asset was that she looks a lot like Megan Kelly like that was uh they they did a real good job of making her look like Megan Kelly and uh, I guess sound like Megan Kelly but uh, as far as best actress uh I, I I didn't I could not imagine that I'm only picking her cuz I don't know enough about the others. I don't think Scarlett really should get one first marriage story. Um, uh, both of them got, her and Adam Driver both got nominated for that movie. Yes. Yeah. Not in the same category. Right. That, that was and, good. That would, uh, that would be taking the, uh, the equality a little too far. That's right. <laughs> and I was hoping, uh, because I like Shir- Shirley. As a person, that's why I picked her. There's no other reason why. Uh, Scarlett has one. I think, um, I don't know if Sersha has one. 
an, an Oscar. Uh, no, she was nominated, though, I believe. Yeah, she keeps getting nominated. A couple of shows ago, a couple of years ago, a couple of Oscar shows ago, I remember her name coming up. Yeah, it might have been, oh, it was for Lady Bird. For Lady Bird and then before that for Brooklyn. So she's, she keeps uh-huh. getting nominated. I remember. I told you I'm a stand. I told you I stand for Saoirse. That, that's my mm. girl. Um, so and and like I said, Cynthia Erivo. Uh, that that was a that was a hell of a performance just going by the trailer. Um, so I, I would I, I that'd be the one I'm rooting for. But no, she's she's not she's not coming. Uh, so for actor, which I skipped over the whole category because it's uh, sewn up for Joaquin Phoenix. But uh, yeah, the other ones uh, you you mentioned the two popes and Jonathan Price is nominated. Uh, for best actor there, um, and Adam Driver for Marriage Story, and Leo uh, for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, and also Antonio Banderas is nominated for a, a Spanish movie called Pain and Glory. Um, that I assume none of us have any idea what that's about at all. I, I think that's right. one of those it's that about got pain and glory. glory. That's probably got put in the, in the theater for about a, a half a second uh, so that it could get nominated for something. Um, so you've seen all those except for Painting Glory. Uh, you, you talked about the two popes a little bit. That it was, it, it was a very very good movie. I, I, I saw the trailer for that too, and uh, it, it's interesting because Jonathan Price in the trailer, just in just by the trailer, Jonathan Price's performance is very understated and and sort of uh, demure. And, and yes, and Anthony Hopkins. Uh, does his usual scenery chewing and yet he's uh, nominated for supporting actor and Jonathan Price is nominated for, for lead actor. And I, is that, does that seem right that Price is, is nominated for lead and uh, Hopkins for supporting or should it be the other way around or, or how do you think that worked out? No, that, that makes sense because after um, JP, the deuce dies, they, uh, the camera follows um, Bergoglio or Francis, Pope Francis. It follows him from the conclave where they elect Ratzinger. And then the ca- camera follows him to Argentina. And then the camera follows him back to Vatican City. And then it follows him back to Argentina. So, yes, it makes sense that he's the lead um, okay. instead of Tony. Um, yeah, because the camera follows him a lot more. Also, that movie freaking made me weep literally made me cry because it was such a touching this that's that's another film it's, it's similar to joker where it's like oh. cringy the first two acts and then the oh, third okay. act the third <laughs> act totally redeems the rest of the film okay i didn't think anybody was gonna compare the two popes to joker but you did <laughs> Only Dave the movie expert could pull that. <laughs> that How's that look on the poster? It's a lot like it's a lot like Joker. Dave the movie expert. That that would that would yeah that would certainly be a, a newsworthy uh, poster right there. <laughs> no, on a serious side though, because I know that this is this is a good field, and I think everybody admits that Joaquin Phoenix is. Uh, Probably he's the odds-on favorite to win the award. You probably will, but I, I appreciate uh, this nomination for Jonathan Price because I believe Jonathan Price is probably one of the most underappreciated totally. actors yeah. of the last thirty, forty years. Thirty, forty um, years. Yeah, this is a guy who puts in his work, so it's nice to see uh, somebody who's really good at their craft even getting the nomination. I, I'm not yeah. sure Jonathan Price has any 
Oscars. Wasn't he in um, Brazil, Jason? I think he's yeah, in his, Brazil. His, his, his IMDb is probably, like, you could probably scroll through it for an hour. Yeah, hour. Um, he's been, this he's guy's been in a lot. Yeah. Playing Gary he's Glenn Ross. But he's, I mean, yeah, he's good in everything. Everything. He's good in the bad movies that he's in, so I'm just, it's just nice to see somebody get an award nomination like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you know, if I think if anybody is a dark horse pick here, it might be him, just because this feels like it could be a recognition of all the work. Didn't Walking Phoenix already win for? Yeah, he won for Gladiator. For he won for Gladiator, and he won for uh, he went for Walk the Line. <gasps> yeah, you might be right. You might be right. I remember because that. that's one of the movies I've actually seen in my life. So I, I thought he won for that. So if I'd have to look it up, but you know, if if there's anybody in this field who who is worthy of that lifetime achievement award that we see Hollywood sometimes give out, I, I'll, I'll put down Jonathan Price in there as a dark horse. Right. Um. Oh, I am wrong. Not win. Joaquin has never won an Oscar. Wow. Well, he should nominated. Yeah, he was nominated. So, okay, so that takes my theory out the window. So he should maybe he should, he's probably due as well. Oh, totally. Wait, who who won? Somebody won for Walk the Line, so it must have been. Um... Uh, that I know was uh, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew nominated. one of them did. Got it. I thought he won for that, but that's why I'm not the movie expert. No, you're yeah, there no. You go. You're, I thought he would have won. I thought he won for freaking Gladiator. I wonder who beat him out. But anyway, jeez. So uh, for actor in a supporting role, that seems to be a little more wide open. Uh, I mentioned Anthony Hopkins. We have uh, Al Pacino uh, doing his, his Hoffa in the in the Irishman. He was was he Hoffa or, or was it somebody else? Yeah, Pacino uh, was Hoffa. Yeah. Okay. Brad Pitt. Uh, his role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is seeing a lot of uh, buzz. Uh, people pretty much say the role was made for him. Like he's so natural uh, in that role as the uh, the, the stunt man. And uh, Joe Pesci uh, in The Irishman, of course. Uh, so you got two people from The Irishman nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Um, and then Tom Hanks gets the uh, nomination for his uh, Mr. Rogers. Uh, and how strange is that? Again, this, we have this discussion every year too, Dave, about what makes lead actor versus supporting actor. If you're yeah, in a I, movie, makes no sense for me. The movie's about him. About <laughs> you. How in the hell are you support? Are you a supporting actor? What are you supporting exactly? So I, I, I don't understand that it, at all. But I gather, I, I I've heard that the film follows the journalist that writes Fred Rogers. Oh boy! Okay. Yeah. This is called. We need to give Tom Hanks another Oscar, and there's no way in hell he's beaten Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> so we're going to slide him into a lower category. Yeah, that feels like some gerrymandering going on there. Yeah. yeah that 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 feels a little strange. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, did you have a favorite for the supporting actor? Uh, I would like. To see. Hopkins win this one. Okay. He needs more Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
like I said, he certainly chewed chewed up the scenery in the in the trailer that I saw. So he's he's doing his best Anthony Hopkins impersonation, which is is good. Um, um, you know, if I had to base it on acting talent, right, and range, I might say Pacino. Joe Pesci is just okay. playing a uh, completely. He's playing Joe Pesci. Yeah, he's playing Joe Pesci. Yeah, he is playing <laughs> okay. Joe Pesci. Pacino is very animated. Uh, you you definitely see him portraying someone you have not seen before, so you're not looking at Michael Corleone or the guy from Dog Day Afternoon or Serpico. You're not looking at those characters. This is a completely different character uh, as Hoffa. So, it doesn't go uh, at any point. Right, right. I mean, there's a brief moment where you see a little bit of the cop from Heat. Um, but um, other than that, yeah, I, I might actually switch to Pacino because for that reason, although Hopkins plays a very well-reserved like space cadet Ratzinger, <laughs> which is why I picked him in the first place. Cause you get the feeling the man is just out of touch and, you know, in the trailer, he's like, Oh, you know, the, you know, Ratzinger says to Francis, you know, the Beatles He's like, Oh yeah. I got, you know, Eleanor Rigby. And then the Pope goes, who? Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> No, 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 I don't know her. No, no, the song. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty out of touch, all right. Even I know yeah, the, I that song. Um, but I, I was surprised that uh, everyone's talking about uh, Brad Pitt getting, uh, possibly winning this award because I just assume I look at Tom Hanks sitting there in, in his red sweater, and I just assume this is his. But uh, apparently, that's not the case. Uh, that Everyone's really raving about the Brad Pitt uh, uh, performance. So it appears it's going to, it might be Brad Pitt that might be the the front runner in this, but it, it is wide open. It does seem like uh, it could go to really any of the other five. Yeah. My own, the only reason I haven't picked Brad Pitt is because it's like, I've seen that character before. Um, he's kind of like, um, Trying to pick another character from a film. Like uh he's kind of uh Inglorious Bastards kind of Brad Pitt. So I'm looking at the odds. So your odds mm-hmm. on this for Best Supporting Actor actually have Brad Pitt as the favorite. As the okay. favorite. A favorite. Okay. And Tom Hanks as the uh long shot. Oh. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, Hanks just won Lifetime Achievement Award at Golden Globes. I I'd hate okay. to see him get another award. <laughs> A month later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> I, I don't understand how the politics play out there either. I, I, I've, I read somewhere else, well, he hasn't, uh, Hanks hasn't, hasn't won an Oscar since uh, 01 or 03 or something like that. So he's got to be Tom Hanks. Right? For Gump. That, I think that was his last win. That was his last Oscar? Yeah. Uh, I believe yeah. So. He's been nominated uh, plenty of times, hey, hey. but... Rightfully so, because it was the back-to-back Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Stuff. I think there were only five actors that have ever done that, and I think the last one was Cary Grant or something like that, or Humphrey Bogart. Wow. Um, but since 01, so he, he's due. Some people would say he's, he's due now to, to have another one. I, I'm I don't okay. know how that works. I'm, I'm okay with them skipping him. Um, yeah, but we're walking Phoenix minus five thousand. Um, oh, jeez. Which is that? Yeah, 
So I got to bet 5,000 to get what? 100. 100. <laughs> yeah, stay, exactly. Stay away. You don't need 100 bucks that bad. I'm, you need to throw I, five Gs down. Uh, Renee's Delwegger. I, I, uh, I can't even gather 5,000 to, to win that 100. I can't even – I, I can't even imagine doing that. But Renee Zellweger yeah. is minus sixteen hundred. Um, wow, okay. for best actress. So, and we were just talking about uh, where were we? Best supporting actor, Brad Pitt, minus four thousand. Really? Yeah. That much of a favorite? Wow. Okay. Anthony Hopkins uh, is plus five thousand. Al Pacino is plus twenty eight hundred. Tom Hanks though plus four thousand. So, if you really hmm. got a feeling about Tom Hanks, hundred wins you four. Uh, we we've all have made worse bets. Uh, I think about me and Dave at the at Balmoral Park. Yeah, Balmoral. Uh, <laughs> we we've both made much worse bets than that. Um, and then actress uh, in a supporting role. Uh, what are the odds on that? Uh, Laura Dern minus twenty five hundred. She's okay. she's the favorite. She is the favorite. Oh, good for her. You go, Laura. Well, that doesn't mean she's gonna win. No, um, no, I know, is, I know. She is at minus twenty five hundred. Margot Robbie, uh, second place at plus sixteen hundred, and uh, then it starts to fall off a cliff after that. And Kathy Bates yeah. is a long shot, plus sixty six hundred. Well, I'm curious, you... where, where's Scarlett on the supporting? Uh, plus thirty three hundred. Really? Yeah. She's in two different categories this year. Freaking Hey, you, you take the work when you can get it, right? Yeah. But, you know, I and, want Karen uh, Gillum to start working more. Karen Gillum, uh, she was in Jumanji. Sure. Is that so just a – where'd that come from? Well, you know, actresses competing for the same roles. Oh, okay. Got it. So if they cast Scarlet, they're not casting uh, – Got Karen Gillan or Saoirse Ronan or Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, so you get one person who's just showing up in all these movies and other other. I just thought you like had the hots for her or something. Oh, I do, Karen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Don't get it twisted out there. <laughs> yeah, what Jennifer Lawrence is taking some time off. Uh, she she got through it all those uh, uh, Hunger Games movies. Now she's not getting any getting any roles. Well, David O. Russell put her in something. <laughs> and the X-Men uh, films, thank God they're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They never they have never done right by that franchise pretty much ever. Yeah. So freaking Brian Singer, man. Yes, yeah. You know. What are you gonna do? So you like Laura Dern for uh for supporting actress, or did you have a, another favorite? Uh, no, I like Laura Dern. She's my favorite. Okay. She actually, she actually, there is a character I've never seen her play before. I cannot point to a previous role she's had that's emulated this character, the attorney. And she is wicked. I mean, she is. Yeah, that's what I keep reading. Yeah, Scarlett Coast Dern is like, oh, I just want a civil divorce. And Laura, as the attorney, is like trying to. She's like, okay, well, do you want the house and you want custody? And she's like, no, we're going to have shared custody. And no, we, I don't want the house. I don't really care. And she's like, well, yeah, okay, so you're going to want the house and you're going to want custody. She keeps pushing. 
And before you know it, the husband and wife are at each other's throats as a result of their respective attorneys, you know, trying to go for the throats, which was something they didn't want in the first place. So it was crazy. So they couldn't call it divorce story. They can't call it attorneys are trash uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> so yeah, marriage story I think is about the only thing that they could go with. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 a fan of Laura Dern as well. The long long career for her has has Laura Dern won an Oscar. Ooh, I cannot Going recall the- if it was it was in the nineties. Yeah, it would have been a long, been a long time ago. Right? Time ago. <laughs> long, and to be some long forget, time. Uh, something like Silkwood. I don't know if she was in Silkwood, but I don't think so. That was Meryl, right? And someone else. Yeah, she wins for everything, right? I mean, Meryl's got 600 nominations in her career. Yeah. Ah, she wins. did wear it. Yeah. Um, oh, never mind. Uh, it doesn't look like Laura's won. Um, I was surprised Meryl wasn't nominated. But she, her, she only has like seven minutes accumulative. In, that's uh, that's in usually enough. <laughs> for Meryl, sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. usually enough for her. Surprised she's that not is. nominated this year for something. Probably wasn't even, you know, must not have been in any movies. Right. They, they nominated someone from Little Women, but it wasn't her. It was uh, this woman, Florence Pugh, who played the, the youngest daughter, I believe. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. She's in, um, yeah, Florence Pugh. I don't know her up. I don't She'd know be the littlest woman. The littlest woman. And uh, what I was reading was that apparently she played uh, Joe, I guess, in a way that no one else had really played her because everyone else, I guess, uh, in all these other remakes or uh, versions of Little Women, sort of play her as a as like a, a raging bitch, I guess. I, I'm, I've never seen them, so I don't know. But apparently, she put some uh, some flavor and some character into it that was uh, different than everyone else. So she's being uh, praised for that. So maybe a future uh, uh, new star coming. Definitely, she was in Fighting with My Family. She played Soraya Knight. Do you know who? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paige's mother. Yes. And um, yeah, I was glad oh, to that's... see she was in this because I, I like her. Uh, Florence. Yeah. Saoirse. Tim Chalamet. I like these actors that are coming up. <laughs> now for uh, for director. Um, but I don't know if you have covered this earlier in in, uh, in our conversation, but uh, we've got Scorsese uh, for The Irishman. We got Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Todd Phillips for Joker. Uh, Bong Joon Ho was the Korean who did Parasite, and then Sam Mendes for One Nine One Seven. So, where do you, where do you think that was, the direction is going to go for there? I would eliminate Scorsese. Um, this is this might be the toughest one because I think uh, the other four have a really good shot at winning this. I'm leaning towards Sam Mendes just because I don't okay. know how he put that film together. 
you know, it leaves you questioning, like, how did you even put that together? <laughs> so he, he's gifted in some way. No, that's that's high praise because when I think about Tarantino, that's why I'm such a big fan of his because all the movies that he makes, it, it it feels like a like a master class in filmmaking. Like I mm-hmm. I, I left uh, I left Django Unchained going. Now that's how you fucking make a movie, man. That's right <laughs> there. That's it right there. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's very high praise uh, for for Sam Mendes then. But but then you look at those two and then you look at Joker and, and what Todd Phillips and the way he made that movie look uh, just off right. the trailer. It's like, right. um, and then Parasite and every what everyone is talking about, uh, how, how that movie uh, uh, leaves you feeling. So yeah, th- that, that might be the, the toughest of them all. What, what are the, uh, what are the odds say for directing Jason? Uh, Vegas has Sam Mendes as the, favorite not a not a prohibitive favorite minus 500 i don't think is you know that's not a complete slam dunk that's no and bong joon ho is plus 375 todd phillips for joker plus 10,000 if you want the long bet whoa Hmm. interesting tarantino is plus 2,000 scorsese's plus 6,600 all right so they basically got it between uh, Mendez and, and Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, which is where the move, which is where Best Picture is going. Yeah. you can see that mm-hmm. they're lining this up as the fight between 1917 and Parasite. That's that's interesting. I, I, it felt like a more wide open year than that. It, it did not feel like everything is going to come down to those two movies, but we're kind of thinking that's what's going to happen. Uh, so we'll we'll see. I'll find out on Monday because there's no way I'm sitting through this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave, uh, you haven't been uh, privy to our our week that we've had, but it's, it's for both of us for different reasons. It's been uh, it's been a hell of a last seven days. You had the Super Bowl last weekend. Uh, we're doing mm-hmm. a Super Bowl preview show at this time on at this Saturday. Time. Yep. Last because Saturday, we've done, we're, we've done three shows in seven days. Our third show, we came back Wednesday and did the the Super Bowl uh, uh, post game yeah. or the the recap, um, and that was on a day where I had literally like three, four, five other major things that I had to do before we even did the the show at ten o'clock that night. Um, right, and then we we go through the last couple of days where we're basically scrambling because we got the Oscar show coming up on Saturday that right. we. Really didn't know what was going to happen, yeah. and then now here we are, and yeah. uh, you know Jason and after a, a day with his family. I'm staring down an impending snowstorm tomorrow, and that keeps, <laughs> that keeps me from doing my research for tonight's show. It's just, it's just all been, yeah. And then we had to do our show on Wednesday because I couldn't do it Tuesday because my son had an ear infection. So this has been one hell of a, this has been one hell of a week. Yeah, and Dave, I'm I'm mixing in a a, a Spanish class, a, a college level Spanish class with everything, so I'm really oh nice, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's full time really job, and, yeah, yeah, so it's 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 crazy, uh, but Como we, esta usted. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's the that's the uh, live recap of of my um my my 
Spanish lessons. I was able to record it and uh, find a way to, to get it on the on the show. Just como esta esta sin senorita. Yeah, that's what that's what my tutoring lessons sound like. Pretty much. Uh, what what was that? Pretty much bro? that bad. <laughs> that's uh, that's the time of Jerry. That's when Tom that's goes to I Mexico thought. to to. to <laughs> It's like okay, this is a cartoon. This is something I should know. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought you had that one uh, as soon as I played it. I, I, it's what yeah. I was going towards, but I wasn't a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Tom goes, uh, "You can't stop El Magnifico," and then he That's goes my... down to <laughs> take care of the the mouse that that could not be be handled. And at uh... the end, uh, it's like uh, told you you couldn't stop him. Verdad, amigo? See, si, verdad, amigo? <laughs> oh, uh, man. So. Well, I, I think that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Uh, Dave, I can't thank you enough for uh, once oh, again yeah. coming in and providing your, your movie expertise, especially on such yeah. short notice. I have no Again, I have no idea why they're doing it so early this year. Uh, the, the week after the Super Bowl. It's, it's, it's insane not- the way they... Yeah, so. But it gives us a break now, so we can take a a breather here after three after three shows in one week. Um, right. Yeah, we can we can we can get our our one break before we get into March Madness and all that. And yeah, wild, just a wild, wild week here, come culminating with this. Well, us actually not having seen any of the movies it might be a first where we haven't seen any of them. <laughs> Are you guys doing your no. fantasy baseball this year? I do it yeah, every you... year, but Dre is not making the trip this That's year. Right. Okay. So I will That's win money. Because <laughs> I won't be there. I won't be there to ruin his team this year. Uh, yeah, we're we're doing a bunch of uh, vacations this year, uh, and I'm, I'm t- I got all my uh, time taken up, vacation time and whatnot, so I'm not going to be able to make it up to Chicago this year. I'm, I'm certainly planning to be there next year, but so I'll be uh, there not, for not my uh, yeah drive down, go to the draft, drive back the next day. I'll be my uh, that'll be my quick uh, three day, two and a half day uh, journey down to Chicago for uh, trying to my part time job, yeah, trying to make some money. Yeah. Wow. Should be fun. Cool. I, I, as a White Sox fan, I'm looking forward to this season. It actually looks like it's on the upswing finally for the first time in a long time. Of course, those might be famous last words. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dave again I, I can't thank you enough uh, Two hours hanging in here with us With all our goofiness oh, no uh, Thank you very much again And uh, yeah I usually uh, uh, Would get to see you when I come up to Chicago But I won't be up there this year uh, So I have to give all my, my thank, you, thank yous and appreciation Out uh, while I got you on the line right now So uh, once again thanks And, and uh Hopefully be back uh, again next year, and, and uh, I'll definitely keep track of, of when they're doing this, so it won't be a surprise. So we don't have to cram uh, for <laughs> three days to get a, to get the Oscar show in. Right, right. All right. Well, thank you guys. No, they're always a pleasure. Thanks for coming, Dave's movie expert. He watches the movies, so we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we appreciate that, Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Yep. Bye. (laughs) 
That is our guy Dave, the movie expert. Oh, man, he's he's a he's a real minch. I, I texted him. Yeah, I texted him Wednesday. I'm like, you know, the the Oscars is coming up on uh, Sunday, right? And he was like, what? <laughs> and I said, are you gonna be ready? And he and he uh, had a like a frantic text, like, are you kidding? It's coming. But then the next text is, but I'll be ready. So he he's on it. He he knew uh, as soon as I let him know. It's gonna be in three days. He said, "Okay, I'll 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 be on it. I'll be ready." And sure enough, he he, he was ready. He, he watched all those movies and and very knowledgeable. And and you two uh, nerding out on some movies and trivia and stuff like that. I I'll just sit back and let you guys uh, talk and 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 display y'all geniusness. And I I just laid you out. You know, and... I think I think that was a cathartic moment for Dave, the movie expert. When <laughs> I think I put into words his hatred of the movie Pearl Harbor. Finally, I, I, I feel like he had some something that he was holding in, and he was never yeah. able to quite properly get it out there because uh, I can tell that man hates that movie. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. Well, you you put it into words for him, so that, that was definitely <laughs> something that he needed. It, it I, I agree. It sounded like. Uh, so yeah. So 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 after any of this, do you intend? Do you, are there any movies on this list that you? For best, that you want to see? Is there anything here that you're like, you know what? Now that I've been through it, I want to see some of these movies. Someday, if they're available on my on demand or something, like Netflix, I, if Netflix or something, or right on on Netflix or yeah. on my cables uh, on demand. Yeah. Someday, I would not mind turning on Joker. Um, I am interested in this Ford versus Ferrari. Like I said, I, I can't believe I was actually interested in a car racing movie. Um, and the Parasite one, because again, the when you got a plot twist or, or a, a bunch of things right. happening so crazy and secretive that they won't even let the, the secrets out. Like I can't even find the spoilers online for exactly what Parasite is, is all about. Uh, Apparently that's some damn good storytelling. So I, yeah, I want to uh, check that out at some point. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, who knows? You know, we'll all be dead from coronavirus in a year. If we stay away from anyone who has it, we'll be good. We'll be fine. Oh, it's I, all did these hear, are... I did hear something today um, at work um, about the, uh, about, uh, do you know what goes really well with coronavirus? Oh Jesus! What would that be? Lyme's disease. Oh. I cannot take Good credit for grief. that joke, but I totally stole it. So <laughs> that deserved that deserved the who scream. Yes, yes, it did. Nothing goes together like Corona and and Lyme. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the one you know you've got the right combo when you get both of those. God, if, if you if you got it, stay stay away from traveling and, and stop spreading it around the world to everybody. You know, and the, I know the poor it's a doctor. I know it's a thing now. Oh yeah, the guy who like blew the whistle on it. Yeah, now he's trying like, to let everyone know. Yeah, yeah, just happened to, to, to die from it. That's that's awful. Well, it said they're looking into his death, so I'm wondering if there could be some some foul play. Uh, like they didn't want this getting out, but who knows. Uh, because if the guy's China, disease, anything's possible with China. Into? Oh yeah, he got the disease. He's dead. Okay, end of story. Yeah. 
Um, no, I actually have, you know, I were in my line of business. I actually just got an email a few days ago that we may be looking at shipping delays because of all the ports closed in China. Like, oh, like yeah. we don't want people, we don't want our customers buying products and like their stuff's coming over on the plague ship, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Man, so this is, this yeah, is affecting that, everybody. That, that's when that's when I'm reading like, okay, now this is real. This is like affecting my livelihood. Yeah, that yeah. these people are getting this illness and it's spreading, and they, you know, it's like when you get something like that, it's so hard to contain it. When this stuff starts getting onto airplanes, and, right? Yeah, you know. So uh, affecting we'll, my wife's we'll livelihood uh, as, in her we'll new travel, career as a right? as a travel yeah. agent. Uh, with no, all that, these, well, uh, is, that, is that all she's doing? Is she all in on that, or is she still doing the other work? She still has a she still has a full time job, but okay. this is she's she's kind of all in on on this the way she works like a, uh, like her, a side off time. Yeah, the, the but she's all uh, about it in her in her off hours, like okay, just researching and and printing up proposals for people and. Uh, putting holds on, on trips for, for people who are uh, making plans and, and uh, planning sure. to purchase actual trips. But yeah, you got all these cruises that are being quarantined because someone uh, on the boat might have it. And uh, now, the, you know, whatever that is, whatever that boat is, isn't going to pull into where it's supposed to. Now we got to divert it somewhere else. It's, it's, it's a big mess there as well. Um, Step completely separate from that, but another uh, situation that you you never would think about when you think about becoming a, a travel agent is she had to also uh, watch uh, 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 the situation of a, a cruise that she was going to book somebody on that that person backed out. And that very same particular cruise, someone jumped to their death. Someone committed suicide on that very cruise that uh, somebody that she knew was going to to book themselves on that cruise and backed out at the last minute. So oh, that's man. another thing that, uh, you know, there's nothing that she can do about that completely out of her control. But it makes you think about what if, you know, I book a, a client for something, there's a terrible experience, something like that. Uh, you know, that's there's, there's not going to reflect bad on me, but it's just – uh, makes you feel terrible to think that you might be sending somebody into yeah. something like that, that that you have no control over it. Of course, they might not be too eager to use your services again. Yeah, you, you, it didn't reflect on you, but it does kind no, of but stick not, out in the back know, of your mind. Right. I, I have this conversation with my, my customers sometimes. I make a joke about you know me being the salesperson, me being the person who's recommending products, and I, I'll point out every once in a while, especially if I'm like really getting along with the person, and be like, "Hey, because you know, nobody ever buys the wrong thing. I only sell you the wrong thing, uh-huh. right? Because nobody takes owner, nobody takes ownership for their mistakes. Nobody. No. It's never the fault of the person who buys the thing. Like they never made the wrong decision. No, it's that it's that person who sold it to me. They're the rotten one. <laughs> So I understand yeah, the, that so, thinking. Yeah, you you know, there's, there's something about uh, salesmen and and putting yourself on a, a product, yeah. even though you have nothing to do with that product. So yeah, you know all Correct. about that. I know all <sighs> about it. Now I'm getting. Now I'm selling people stuff. They're going to get coronavirus. <laughs> uh, don't sell anything made in China. Is, is all I can. It's all, I can all tell you. made in China now. 
Yeah, but take that sticker off and find some other stickers and, and put them on there. No one will ever know the difference. Oh, okay. Got it. Find find yeah, you know, find some made in Taiwan or something. Uh, all right, so that's right next to China. I understand, but it's but it's okay. not China. That that's the difference. It's not China. Yeah. Just happens to be next to it, but but it's not China. It's just like China, right. but darker. <laughs> Taiwan, just like China, but darker. <laughs> All right, I, I think we're both punch drunk and uh, oh, just heard man, you yeah, have a I'm big ready. yawn. So I'm ready. Yeah. It's been a long week. I am staring down what they're saying could be seven to nine inches of snow tomorrow. Holy God! So we'll. Oh come on, that's nothing, right? You used to live in Chicago. Seven um, to nine inches? Uh, no, that that is definitely more than nothing. That, that's not. That's not. That's not flurries. So we'll have to right. see how that affects my work day tomorrow, and you know how that's going to go. Cause it's supposed to fall like right through the middle of what my normal work day would be. So ah, I'm watching the radar, watching this thing set itself up, you know, just kind of hope, okay, maybe it goes by, maybe it goes South of us. Maybe it just misses. So we'll see, but uh, not looking forward to uh, a 40 mile drive in, in snow. No, that's definitely not something I would wish upon anyone really. No. Uh, we got a uh, dusting. Um, oh, uh, oh, oh, did yes. everything co- did civilization collapse down there? Almost, almost. Um, it was Thursday night uh, overnight. Uh, you wake up Friday morning, and the uh, and the grass was indeed covered with snow. But uh, because it was so, you know, warm during the day, the the streets were completely fine. Um, well, I say completely. I, I take that back. I actually did slide a little. There was a little black ice out there, but. Uh, you know, not a not a whole lot of slide. It's like a little like you accelerate right. and you go, ooh, that's uh, I, I did not go the direction I thought I was going to go just now. Um, but yeah, n- nothing severe or, or major at all. But yeah, the the uh, uh, the interstate yesterday was definitely lighter than it normally is because a whole lot of people woke up and saw the snow and said, I'm not going to work. It's snowing and I'm in Memphis. Uh, so I, I understood that. Uh, but yeah, thankfully it wasn't. It didn't last very long. It was uh, again cold and uh, thirty this morning, but it, there was no precipitation, so didn't have to worry about that again. So I, I think that was it. I think that was the the, the one dusting of snow this season uh, that we usually get. We get about one a year, and I think that was it. And I, I'd be a little surprised if we got any more uh, uh, again. It's going to be raining all next week, but uh, but no snow, thankfully. Well, good. Well, be safe. You know, while I'm driving in. Snowstorm, watch out for that dusting. <laughs> that, 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 that very, very dangerous dusting of snow that we get down here. That's yeah. right. <laughs> All right. Hey, so we get a break here. I'm sure we'll be in touch. And, you know, at some point, one of us gets the itch uh, to throw something up there. So. Yep. Absolutely cool. no idea when our next show will be, but it is oh. the off season. So. Could be a while. Could be a couple of weeks. Could be more than a couple of weeks. We'll we'll just have to. Well, we know by March year Madness will be um, the next. That's, I mean, that's probably the next milestone show. Yes. Uh, if if we don't do another show until March Madness, that'll be about a month. That'll be okay. a month and maybe a, a week or so. No, we'll see, so. we'll see if the three shows in one week. Um, does us in for that that month, or if we uh, get the need to go non sequitur here and have, have if something could happen, you never know. So we always reserve that right. So that's right. 
So stay tuned. You know, people, people are subscribed to our show every once in a while. That show might just pop up there and be like, ha-ha, he got you, you know. There you go. That's the only way you know for sure is to subscribe to the show. Yeah. In much less over. detail, the podcast. The podcast. So, all right. There it is. Well, you have a great night and enjoy your day tomorrow. And All right. Oh, and, and it's been fun. Stay safe up there. Yeah, we do our best. I'm not looking forward to shoveling. I'm sure. Fuck that shit. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been, in much less detail, the podcast, Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version, with our Oscars preview show with Dave, the movie expert. Hope you all enjoyed it and enjoy the Oscars telecast. Those of you that are actually going to watch the Oscars telecast tomorrow, which I, I may, I, I sometimes I sneak in a, an hour or two, sometimes uh, a few minutes here and there. We'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, But either way, uh, enjoy and talk to you whenever we have our next show, whenever that may be. Could be a few weeks down the road. You never know. But either way, we appreciate anybody who listens, and we'll talk to you next time. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.